Did you get more wood? Oh, yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. everyone and welcome to another episode of blast burn radio i am your host jolly by nature and with me as always are our rain dance friends our team aqua co-hosts messer engine and celeste thanks for joining me today guys how's it going i am not a member of team aqua i will never be a member of team aqua take (laughs) that back i i'm kind of insulted too but i'm doing good why does no one else want to be awesome pirates that's very sad (laughs) i'm a ninja person you lost me at pirate Oh god, are we are we going back to the early 2000s? Is it is it early memes time? The before memes? The before memes? The far far away? <laughs> <laughs> Bring me a feminist pokemon uh, evil team and I'll join it. Oh shit. <laughs> rocket? I would I would make some bad bad jokes, but this is a pokemon podcast. We're not going down that particular path. Uh, <laughs> Celeste, Hun, <laughs> how are you doing? How was your week this week? Uh, my week was pretty good. I was on my fiance's podcast with a really cool guest who is actually one of my favorite actresses. And I plugged the show on that. What else happened this week? There was something else. Why am I forgetting? That'll come to me. But it, otherwise, it was a good week. <laughs> okay, well, cool. I'm I'm glad that you had a really good week. And that's really fun. Like, it's always nice to go on other shows and be able to, to visit and guest and not have to do all the fucking work that goes into it. So that's that's a whole lot of fun. I definitely, I I approve. I'm right there with you. Mess Buddy, how are you? How was your week this week? My week was filled with weird weather. You know how you get sick when it goes from, like, really hot to really cold? Uh, like, or at least people around here do. I don't know about the rest of the country. Um, but we had a day that was, like, 70 this week. Like, it was really warm most of the week. And we saw some serious melting. But the day after it was 70, it snowed. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I was leaving work that day, and I was like, is it snowing right now? I'm like, it is snowing right now. And by the time I had gone back to my house, there was at least like an inch or two on the ground, and I was like, I don't even understand what's going on here. I feel like the crazy weather is appropriate for the series that we're playing, though. Like, it's all about... Eco-terrorism, the Pokemon game. It was Revenge of the Obama Snow. Revenge of the Obama Snow. Well, I wish Obama Snow would go back in his cave for the year. I, I'm I'm done. I'm done with winter. I'm done with Team Aqua. I'm done with Team Magma. I'm, I'm done with Team Obama Snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that somebody's done with Team Aqua because I, I think they're here in Indiana. Like, it has been raining so much here that I have almost forgotten what it feels like to be dry. Like, it has been <laughs> a perpetual shower outside, and that has been 
nuts. Uh, my backyard is practically a swimming pool. Like the, the back third of it is just standing water. Uh, so that's great. Otherwise, this is, has been a good week for me, um, both personally and professionally. Um, the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League is shaping up really nicely, and I'm feeling a lot of pride in that. Uh, thank you to all of you out there, to all of our wonderful community members who have volunteered to be a part of this project. I can't speak for anyone but myself, of course, but I'm having an absolute blast helping to like shape and organize it and helping people get their team set up and test them out against each other. It's just been really, really fun. So thank you guys for that. We had, as we did with Series 2, we had commissioned some promotional art um, for Series 3 of the show, and that came back this week, and so we were able to release that publicly and push that for advertisement, and we're absolutely in love with it. Uh, be sure to check out the Blastburn Radio Facebook page, check that out, uh, and show some love to our artist, uh, Lilia Cow. I, I apologize, Lilia, if you're listening, if I mispronounced your name, uh, but she goes by Lilia Creative on Etsy, and she has done um, both of the promotional pieces that we've done so far, and we have been so incredibly thrilled with her work. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, you can check it out on our Facebook page if you want to go sneak over and look at that. And I highly recommend that you do. It's it's really beautiful. I've I've got to say, like, I feel like I look a little bit like a hobo, but that's also kind of true to real life. So I can't complain there. You're chilling. You're you're having such a good time on that boat. I'm just a beach hobo. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now that's that's the three of us, but it's not just the three of us today. Uh, also joining us tonight is our special guest co-host, the rowdiest of rowdy boys himself, Rohain. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Rohain. How the fuck are you, sir? It smells like home. I am doing incredibly well, Jolly. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pegasus. I know you'll appreciate this tomorrow when you listen to it. Wow. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, don't worry. I kept the blue corner warm for you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it the red corner? (laughs) Oh, fucking colors. How do they work? Uh, Fuck me, Rohan. It's been, God, yeah, it's been about three months since you've been on the show. How have you been, man? What's going on in your life? Um, so lots of things have been happening. Um, job changes. I actually now work in real life, uh, with Jolly. Uh, he sits behind me. Um, he's a little bit loud, but it's all good. (laughs) Um, we're moving in two weeks to a suite, two bedroom, two bath apartment, an upgrade from the one bedroom that we have. So I'll actually be able to have an office, um, a, a little bit sad personal news. Not not really sad. More like just... Uh, but I won't go too much into that. Um, yeah, just a very, very crazy, crazy, like, first quarter. And it's not even done yet. Yeah, I, I absolutely hear that, sir. And it's... It's it's really fucking good to have you back. Like, I mean, it's not like we don't, like, hang out and talk and pal around and all that shit outside of the show. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, it's, it, this feels right. So, thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Like, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, now, guys, uh, let's go ahead and get the show moving because, you know, 
I was expecting a bit of a slow news week this week, if I'm being entirely honest, but I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of news and happenings that are going on in the Pokemon world that we have to go over. Um, so without wasting any time, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's Pokemon news. Do the jingle. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Now, this week did bring some pretty cool happenings over in Pokemon Go. Uh, as always, we will turn to our special Pokemon Go consultant, Messer Engine, to keep us up to date. Uh, Mess Buddy, what is going on in Pokemon Go right now? Well, as of recording this, it was Community Day today, today, earlier today from 2 to 5 Eastern, uh, when there were Dratinis all over the place. We actually covered this last week, but it bears special mention because my wife, Nancy Bot, who you sometimes see on my streams, went out and got a shiny Dratini today during the event, which she promptly evolved up to a shiny Dragonite when the event was done. She got that many Dratinis. Uh, so wow. that was wicked hype, and we're super excited. Also, because Rayquaza is, is coming, or here, or however you want to put it, all three legendaries are actually going to appear uh, in raid battles in Pokemon Go uh, from February 23rd to March 5th. And following this, depending on which of the three legendary Pokemon are defeated the most, uh, from the from March 5th to March 16th, the egg distributions uh, in the game will be different. So if Groudon is defeated, then Grass, Ground, and Fire-type Pokemon will appear more in eggs. If Kyogre is most defeated, then Water, Electric, and Bug-type Pokemon will appear more in eggs. And if Rayquaza is most defeated, then Psychic, Dragon, and Flying-type Pokemon will appear more in eggs. Which is really, really cool. It's uh, a reason to get out there and catch those Pokemon if you haven't. Get some raiding done. And, you know, try to push the community one way or the other to help fill out your Pokedex for what you're missing. Yeah, thanks, Mess. I, I think that this is a, a really, really cool kind of event. Um, and it's a really nice second chance for people who still haven't caught their Kyogre or people who missed out on Groudon when he was active previously. Because right now you can get all of them. Um, I think there are also some special like bundle deals in the shop to make the uh, the raid passes much more accessible as well. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, if, if that's a thing that you want, then now is definitely the time to jump all over it. Dope. I couldn't believe she caught that shiny Dratini. That is pretty dope. Actually, uh, Polly Sway, who's a community member of ours who hangs out in Twitch with us sometimes, she caught two shiny Dratinis during the event today. So that was pretty nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Now, lastly, moving on from Pokemon Go, it is worth noting that this week brings a very special day in the Pokemon world. Uh, February 27th is Pokemon Day, which is the anniversary of the original release of Pokemon Red and Green in Japan. This is specifically Pokemon's 21st birthday, so happy birthday, Pokemon. Grab a beer and slide up to the bar. You are legal now. Uh, now, in celebration of Pokemon Day from February 26th through March the 6th, all wild Pikachu that are encountered in Pokemon Go will be wearing party hats uh in addition the pokemon tv mobile app has a bunch of the various pokemon movies from throughout the years available to stream on demand um and the official uh pokemon channel on twitch is has a bunch of like major vgc and pokemon tcg matches throughout the years like world championship matches for the last decade that are going to be available to uh stream on demand which is pretty cool now with that being said, that's those are the big events or the big things and happenings that we know about currently. Um, now, there is an image or a couple of images that have been prominent and trending online that are indicating uh, or promising a Pokemon Direct announcement 
on Pokemon Day this year, and this is unfortunately, at least as of recording, those are a hoax, guys. As of current, no actual release or announcement has been scheduled. These are images that were recycled from a couple of years ago when there was a Pokemon Direct on Pokemon Day, and just Photoshopped to update the year. So currently, that's not true. Don't get your hopes up too far. That being said, it would be a very logical time for the Pokemon company to schedule an announcement, so stay tuned. Uh, And as always, if anything is announced on Pokemon Day this year, we will definitely keep you covered and up to date on next week's episode of the podcast. Yeah, it really, really bothers me. Like, don't get me wrong. I can understand why people have fun hoaxing to some degree. Like, I can understand how that can be kind of fun and trolly. Like, the guy who made the last batch of fake Mon quote-unquote starters for Gen 8 and then let them go for, like, 72 hours and then came forward and admitted that he was really the artist behind them and they weren't real. Like, I can get how that would be kind of fun and just, you know, like, uh, a good pat on the back to your own artistic skills that, you know, ha, I fooled a good portion of the community into thinking that my fake Mon were real legitimate Pokemon. But... Like, this type of hoaxing is just shitty. Like, it's just upsetting people for no reason. Like, don't don't be mm-hmm. shitty, guys. That's all we ask. Don't be shitheads. It's not a grass orangutan. I wanted a platypus. Uh. <laughs> that water poison starter. That'd be so strong, though. Yeah, well, you know. Weren't <laughs> weren't. All right, guys. Well, that's our our Pokemon news for the week. So, of course, we do want to uh, move into our week of content, our Nuzlocke gameplay, our very first week of Nuzlocke gameplay in the land of Hoenn. Um, So this was, of course, the very first week of our Generation 3 series. Our hosts moved into their new homes in Little Root Town, met the neighbors, obtained their new Pokemon partners, and started their Pokemon journeys, culminating in challenging Roxanne in the Rustboro City Gym. Uh, now, as always, our Series 2 champion, Messer Engine, was up to stream first. So, Mess Buddy, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay this week? It was hype as fuck. I didn't have to wear the doof hat for the first time in like three fucking months. So that was really exciting. We got our good buddy Torchic, who we named Ares. He is the god of war. He is coming to burn all of your good times away and started on our Pokemon journey. It was, it was really dope. I honestly was super nervous about this week. I chose Torchic because I didn't want to draft the water starter three seasons in a row. And that's really awesome. And I'm super happy to have Ares with me, but we had to face Roxanne this week and Ares has a aversion to being stoned to death. So encounters were going to be clutch. Like we needed to build a good team around Ares going into Roxanne so that we could just kind of like cruise on through the first week and it'd just be be good times and that didn't fucking happen at all it looked like it was going to like we started off and got a uh pachita like right away on the first uh route and that was really really awesome because bite will hit uh roxanne's pokemon neutral it's non-resisted and it's special so that's really great. We were really happy with that. Uh, but then we, we had some no-shows on the encounter tables, specifically Route 102 and 104. We duped out. And what's crazy is those are the routes, or two of the routes, 
with the largest variety of Pokemon available, so it was least likely that we would dupes out on those routes, but we did. Which meant that we were going into Roxanne with four Pokemon only. We ended up catching, as mentioned, the Puccina Cerberus. We ended up catching a Wurmpole who evolved into a Dustox. We named Dustox uh, Janus, or Janus, uh, who's the god of change in Roman mythology. So that seemed appropriate, considering that he could be, he could have been a beautiful fly if he, he really wanted to. And we picked up our good, good raccoon girl, Tanuki, who picks up all kinds of wonderful things for us, like a protein this week, which was really dope. But here's the thing about that squad. Tanuki only hits with normal moves, which are resisted by rock types. Not to mention if they've used defense, curl, or harden. Cerberus, as mentioned, hits neutrally on special. That's good. Our Dustox is going to get crushed to death by rocks. Uh, which is not not great, and poor poor Ares takes lots of damage from things like Rock Tomb, so we didn't want to put him out. So one resisted, two super effective, and one person who can actually hit them and do some damage. I was not feeling really confident going in. I expected to lose one if not two Pokemon, and there was depending on how that went, there was a really good possibility of just wipe complete wipe start over Nez starts the game with negative 80 points it'd be a real good way to start off season three but we we didn't have a choice that's what we had on the table and if it meant that we made it through with two pokemon we came into pvp with two pokemon and lost both of our matches this week then that's what we had to do so when we went to go deal with roxanne we started putting together a strategy and that strategy was Cerberus was going to go out. The Puccina was going to go out and it was going to bite and bite and bite and hope for a flinch, get as much damage in as possible. And if, and when either Cerberus died or could be safely switched out when it was very low, we were going to bring in Tanuki and actually use growl and sand attack in that order to bring down the accuracy and damage potential of Roxanne's nose pass to the point where if I had to switch Tanuki out, there was a fighting chance for the two who got hit by super effective damage to just finish it off. Now, this worked actually pretty good, but we were really lucky. That nose pass hardened a whole lot. We actually took a good chunk of damage from the Geodude, but we got her to waste both of her potions on Geodude, which was frankly, probably the only reason we lived. When we were fighting with the Nose Pass, Cerberus ended up down to like four health, like twice. Had to be swapped out into Tanuki, but Nose Pass had like no health, guys. Like none. It was in the red, and I was just like, screw the strategy. The raccoon's gonna headbutt its way to victory. Completely forgetting that the thing had hardened like three times over the course of the match. So I was headbutting for probably like one or two damage. And Tanuki ended up down at two HP when she crit a headbutt and finished it off. So we, we made it through. That's unbelievable. Nobody died is the most unlikely outcome. We also got 50 big points uh, for hard mode gym because we had no super effective moves. We couldn't do it easy mode. So all worked out well for us. We're fielding a full team. We got more points than everybody else and nobody died. So luck, but 
good luck. We'll take it. Uh, and I'm super happy with their performance. Also, I love my little raccoon girl. She's the best. Thank you, Messer Engine. And I have to say, like, holy shit. I think we all had some really good streams and some really good moments this week. But you you really set the pace for this series. Like, that was arguably one of the most hype weeks of gameplay any of us have ever had in the series. Like, you were extremely disadvantaged you were coming in on a about as wrong of a foot as you possibly can and you won it by the skin of your teeth and it was fucking glorious so good on you sir ah i i can't even i kind of hate you for it a little bit but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed Good, good, good. I'll carry on then. Um, Now, as always, I was up second to stream this week, and that was coming right off of watching, you know, Messer Engine have his epic and clutch victory over Roxanne. So, coming into the week, first of all, and this is going to be really important later, I did not set a naming convention for this run. Um, I thought about it. I thought long and hard. I had a couple of naming conventions I was toying around with, um, particularly, again, as I have my day job, as it were, as I make my living in pharmacy, I thought it would be kind of fun and lulzy to name uh, my Pokemon after different prescription drugs uh like i thought that could be kind of fun and have some good like inside joke pharmacy humor in there i was also kind of concerned that you guys were going to start seriously worrying that i was a substance abuser uh given the fact that i've had two (laughs) series of booze names in a row and i was going right into pills um but i i ultimately decided not to and the logic for that was going in without a naming theme going off the dome and off the twitch chat gave us bobbert and sir burb and they were fantastic so i was like you know what we need some more of that i'm just gonna do that so all praise sir burb all, all praise sir burb and his his holy holy memory um <laughs> okay so we went into our week of gameplay um and we picked up our starter that was preordained for us we had no choice in our starter due to the uh the unfortunate shakeout of series 2 that left us wearing the sad sad doof hat um now my starter was trico and I really didn't know what to name him initially, which was not a great start for coming in without a naming theme. Um, I wound up naming him Santiago, and I don't really know why. He just kind of looked like a Santiago to me. So I was just like, all right, that's a good, strong, manly man's name. We'll go with that. That'll be good. And so we had our Santiago the Trico. We were running around in our pigtails and our booty shorts because I did pick May. I picked the female trainer because I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Penguin Mage. Brendan looks fucking stupid. He just does with his white fucking sock hat on his head. He looks dumb. So I was just like, you know what? Fine, we'll be the girl. I don't even care. And and on top of that, Brendan's an asshole. Like, he's a total sexist douchebag. He was trying to mansplain to me how Pokemon works. I ain't having none of that shit. So, you know, beat his ass, took his money, went on our business. So yeah, we got, we got Santiago, we got our Trico, and we went on our epic Pokemon adventure. And of course, you know, the, the big question for this week was always going to be encounters. I was kind of nervous going into Roxanne, which probably seems silly given the fact that I drafted the grass starter. Uh, but bear with me, stay with me. I'm playing Emerald and Emerald has again, in very subtle ways, a much, much harder set of gems 
than Ruby and Sapphire do, and that's present right from the beginning with Roxanne, because Roxanne's nose pass in Emerald knows the move block, which is not present in Ruby and Sapphire. It's also holding a berry, which is not present in Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, but block is really the big thing, and the reason that it is so big is because block prevents you from switching out. So yes, I had the grass starter, but Trico is not exactly by most estimations, a bulky boy. Like, he's a very fast, very specially offensive grass type. And Rock Tomb still hurts like a son of a bitch. And if that nose pass uses block, I can't switch out if things get hairy. I can't use items, and I can't switch. So if things go bad, I'm looking at a dead starter in week one. And that's rough. So what I was really, really hoping for was to get some backup for our good boy Santiago to get uh, one of the good grass and or water types that were on my encounter tables for those early routes. And following in the vein of Messer Engine, that did not fucking happen. <laughs> I wound up picking up as my first encounter a Wurmple, who, God, I forget what her name was. I think Janice. I think Janice is what we initially named our Wurmple. Uh, and the reason why I forget that name, this isn't just Jolly being a bad boy and not caring about his Pokemon. We'll get there. We'll get there. Our second encounter on Route 103 was a Poochiena, and Santiago had nothing but murder in his heart for this little dark doggo, and just crit the ever-loving shit out of it, and murdered it in one hit. So that was really frustrating. Not so much that we failed to catch the Poochiena, because, you know, I can I can take or leave a Poochiena, but because it is such a common encounter on those early routes, that the fact that we failed to catch it on Route 103 meant that we were probably going to catch it somewhere else. So that sucked a lot. From there, we went on to Route 102, and there we picked up the Zigzagoon. The Zigzagoon. And this Zigzagoon set me on a course from which there is no turning back, okay? <laughs> I caught this jolly female Zigzagoon, and I had to name it. And initially, my first instinct was to name my Zigzagoon Bandito, because he's a good, good little trash bandit. But then I was like, oh no, this Zigzagoon is a female. I can't name it Bandito. Like... That's, that's poor, uh, God, what, what's, what's the word for how you form fucking the gender things in Spanish? Um, yeah, they, I, it's been a long time since I took Spanish class, you guys. Um, but the, the O at the end is definitely for boys. I remember that much. I remember that much explicitly. And I was like, Bandita just doesn't have the same ring to it. It sounds almost like a Gordita. We're not going for Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> So I batted around a couple of things in my head there on the spot, but ultimately just on a whim, I wound up naming her Hamburglar. It seemed silly. It seemed funny. I thought it would be a good name. And holy shit, did you guys agree? You guys agreed so much, in fact, that literally everyone in my chat demanded that my naming theme be McDonald's related. Uh, there was some debate back and forth as to what exactly within that spectrum it should be. What we wound up settling on was was fast food mascots, particularly defunct fast food mascots from the 70s and 80s, but not necessarily entirely. And, and I kind of hate you guys for it. I kind of love you for it. I kind of hate you for it. This is not the naming theme that I thought I would ever be giving my Pokemon, <laughs> but this is where we're at. So that's kind of a limited naming pool, though, when you think about it. Oh, I've I've already started accumulating a list. I hate myself for having this list, but I've <laughs> there will be names. There will be names. Do you have it just written down next to your computer? 
I I will leave my methodology a secret. Thank you. Some things are better left a mystery. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so ultimately we wound up retconning the names of our first two encounters. Our good, good Trico is now McDonald. In the headcanon of Jack Ripper in the community, he is Fernando McDonald, um, as opposed to Ronald. He's Ronald's swarthy Spanish cousin. Uh, but he is McDonald. And we retconned our Wurmple, who wound up evolving to be a Dust Ox as well. No Beautiflies on this team. Um, we retconned her to be Bernice, which was this crazy, like, anteater dragon trash-eating monster that was in some McDonald's advertisements in the late 90s and early 2000s. So, that's a thing. <laughs> so, with our have-it-your-way team, we were ba dum bum bum ba loving it, and we kept on trucking on. We met a weird asthmatic kid named Wally in Petalburg, and our dad showed him infinitely more kindness than he ever showed us. Curse you, Dad Norman! Um, <laughs> we helped him catch his first Pokemon, and then we went on about our goddamn business. We managed to catch... Our, our good, good Poochiana, he came back to us on Route 104, um, and we named him Captain Crook, or Crook for short, after the piratey character from the McDonald Land gang from back in the 70s, who, much like the Hamburglar, had a passion for stealing sandwiches, only his passion ran towards filet o fish So that is, that is our good, good Dark Doggo, is Crook. And we finally went into Petalburg Woods where we encountered a Talo, which honestly, from like a series wide perspective, Talo was probably the single best encounter on the board in these early routes to pick up. So it's a really good thing that we did. But going into Roxanne, like this was a disaster. I had nothing, nothing other than McDonald to throw at that nose pass. I mean, crook to a limited degree, but I I couldn't run Messer Engine strategy. I couldn't go in and bite until things got hairy and then switched out. There would be no switching out for me. So, yeah, like, again, for, for the series as a whole, this was a great encounter. For this week's gameplay, really not so much. Uh, I wound up naming her Birdie after Birdie the Early Bird, also of McDonald Land fame, um, who was added to the roster to advertise their breakfast menu back in, I think, the 70s. I'll have, like, more, like, good trivia for you guys next week. I'm really caught on the back foot on this one, you guys. <laughs> so... At that point, we leveled our squad up to level 10 just to kind of get them all on the same page and ready for the next step of our adventure, and we called our Tuesday night stream there. Um, when we picked back up on Friday, the goal was clear. We had to, to level and train this team, we had to work out our strategy for Roxanne, and we had to successfully bring her down. We made it through the Petalburg Woods pretty much without incident. It was nothing. Like, Birdie is a fucking phenom. She just pecked everything that was put in front of her. And it died. Everything died. She is glorious. She is Serburb reincarnate. She's wonderful. <laughs> we made it all the way through the Petalburg Woods. We made it all the way up into Rustboro City. And we poked around a little bit and managed to pick up the Bullet Seed TM. And ultimately... Normally, in a normal run of Generation 3 Pokemon, I would not bother to teach Bullet Seed to Atrico. Um, just because he gets better move options in the not-too-distant future, Bullet Seed offers no recovery unlike Absorb, even though it's usually going to hit as hard, if not harder, than Absorb does. Um, and just generally, it's, it feels like kind of a waste. However, 
going into Roxanne with this team, I needed every advantage in just pure raw damage I could get. And Bullet Seed had the potential to be a substantial damage increase over Absorb. So we taught Bullet Seed to McDonald. Um, we leveled the squad pretty uneventfully. We just kind of ground and shot the shit with the chat and had a good time. And then we finally went to take on the woman herself. And the strategy was clear. It was just everyone had an Orenberry. It was lead with McDonald, kill or die, essentially. And then if the worst happened, we would bring in Crook to f- try to finish the job. Not the, the not the most confident I've ever felt going in, but not the worst either. It's not like we were, were in Messer Engine shoes where we had a Torchic. I'm not sure that Roxanne would be beatable in Emerald with a Torchic without catching a water or grass type. I don't think you could have done it in Emerald Mess. I don't think so either. Not the berry alone would have made all the difference in the world. Like that would have that would have fucked you. But that's irregardless. So we led out with McDonald and we just leaned heavy into Bullet Seed, hoping against all hope that this nose pass would harden and dither and dather and not attack. And it did not. Uh, it went straight into Rock Tomb and it went into Rock Tomb hard. Rock Tomb was averaging out to be just a little bit beyond a three-hit KO. Uh, After three hits, it was leaving McDonald with like four HP, essentially, very much in the red. So a single crit would have been it. I mean, that would have been Dunzo's. But it Rock Tomb twice, ate its berry. I used Bullet Seed, it used its potion. I used Bullet Seed one more time, bringing it fairly low, and it used Block at that point. And at that point, McDonald was, again, just at that point where he could take one more Rock Tomb, it wouldn't quite kill him, unless it crit, and then he was fucked. He took that Rock Tomb, it didn't crit, and the Bullet Seed took out the Nose Pass. So, just by the skin of our teeth, we were successful, Roxanne was defeated, and the Stone Badge was ours for... Overall, what is more or less a perfect week of gameplay. We didn't catch our second encounter on the week, and that was kind of lame. But all things considered, like, this was a really good set of early route mons to encounter for the series moving forward. I feel really positively about this team moving into week two, and I'm very happy with their performance. Golf clap, golf clap. Yeah! Um, So yeah, of course, I wasn't... The last to play on the week. Well, I was, but you know, you know how the schedule works out by now. You know what I'm saying. Um, of course, you know, Celeste also had her week one gameplay to get through. Um, so Celeste, hun, how was your Nuzlocke gameplay this week? Well, we started out in a moving truck in the back for some reason. Don't know why. Dude, mom doesn't give a shit about us. <laughs> Mom's trying to kill you. And then she tells us to set a clock in our room for some random reason. You have to go up there and do it and she won't let you leave until you do. And then you have to go see Brendan himself, Mr. Sexist, who thought you were going to be a guy because you're a Pokemon trainer. Like, what the hell? And then after talking to Brendan, you go out aside the town and the professor is running away from a Puchiana and you have to save him. And I picked a Mudkip because that's what I got. Save the professor, went back, and we named our Mudkip Gustav. Um, I am doing a Saga, well, not Saga Frontier, but all the Saga games naming convention just to have a, bu- a bunch of names available to me. After that, we went up and fought Brendan, kicked his ass, went went back, got more sexist comments from him, 
talked to the professor again, got Pokeballs, and started our journey. And our first Pokemon ended up being a Wurmple. I was not too happy about this because I didn't want to run into Wurmple at all. <laughs> I just don't like the uh, I don't like the Gen Three Bug starter Pokemon and or starting an area Pokemon at all. And so I named that Wurmple Claudia. And went on to Route 103, and we caught a Wingle, and named her Barbara. After that, we walked into Route 102, and got our encounter early. I was really excited about this encounter, because it could have been a Seedot, or even better, it could have been a Ralts, which is my second favorite Pokemon. I ended up getting a Pujana, and named it Gray. Um, unfortunately, that Gray was doomed from that point on for other reasons. We'll talk about that. So from there, I went about leveling my Pokemon up a bit, got my Wurmple up to the point where it evolved so I could go into Petalburg Woods without worrying about running into the evolved form of Wurmple and worrying about dupes. So it ended up evolving into a Cascoon, and we moved on to Petalburg City, talked to our dad, who I agree with Jolly just doesn't care about us as much as other people. Helped Wally catch the Pokemon that I really want, which he just walked into the grass, saw it, 4% encounter, threw one Pokeball at it and got it. So six kids are just awesome at throwing Pokeballs, apparently. Maybe that was like his whole Make-A-Wish deal. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. And so after, after that, we went to Route 104 and caught our Zigzagoon, Amelia who has been a good, good girl uh, getting us items. She's gotten me three Ultra Balls already, and so next week is going to be awesome for catching Pokemon, probably. And then we walked into Petalburg Woods, and our first encounter was a Silcoon, just to spite me. So I have both bug types. So the rest of that day, I spent a lot of time leveling up both my bug types to get them evolved evolved into their third forms. Leveling that Silcoon was the most painful thing ever. And during leveling, I switched into Gray a lot because Gray could chew through Pokemon. And I was telling a story and telling the story while leveling. I wasn't paying attention to the screen as much. A C-Dot appeared and was using Bide. And I just kept attacking with Gray without thinking because, you know, I'm focused on the chat. And Gray took a Bide to the face and died. And that really sucked because... That's a really, really sucky way to start the first week. So after our dead doggo, um, we finished leveling up to the point where both bugs were evolved and ended our uh, Wednesday Wednesday night stream kind of sad, but it wasn't as bad. We got some good Pokemon, and I was in a much better position than Mez had started the week with. On Thursday night, I went back to leveling pretty early into the stream. I got raided by Maryland. And I was a deer in the headlights. I had a hundred, like almost a hundred. At one point you had like 113 people from what I saw. Yeah, like a hundred people watching. It was crazy. And I didn't know what to do. And I could have easily lost another Pokemon by not paying attention because I was trying to pay attention to the chat. Thankfully that didn't happen. But I was so distracted and so excited. Uh, After leveling and getting to the point of where I was ready to fight Roxanne, I forgot to give berries to my Pokemon. And walked in and talked to Roxanne and then realized it. And so I had my Mudkip, who was going to be great versus Roxanne. And then a bunch of Pokemon that are weak against Rock. And a Zigzagoon that could barely do damage to a Nosepass. 
I stupidly killed off the Geodude with one attack, leaving two potions available to Roxanne for her nose pass, and had to fight tooth and nailed with her nose pass with my mudkit. Got it down low, it got potioned, got down low again, it got potioned. I ended up with one hit left on my mudkit that he could take before he died, and what happened is after he took that hit and was at like 4 HP and had to be switched out. Instead, the move that I selected, which was Water Gun, crit, and finished off the Nose Pass, making it a very, very lucky end, because had I had to switch, it might not have ended with all my Pokemon alive at the end of the week. But we did it, and we only lost one due to some not paying attention during chat. Oh, those grinding deaths are the worst. Like, those are the ones that really bug you because they were so avoidable. So I'm I'm sorry, Celeste. It happens. I was going back through the streams today for the rookie trainer column that's coming out at the end of the weekend and i rewatched your your gym fight and when you got to the nose pass like you had just mopped that geodude up in one hit and you used water gun and its health dropped like maybe 20 percent. and your face when you were like what yep. priceless i was like yeah this was- is this is great Nose pass is way too bulky for its own good for a first gem. You can't really overstate because, you know, aside from the fossils in Gen 1, Nose Pass is really your first encounter with a rock type that is not also a ground type. So you get so used to all the water and grass moves being quad effective that when they're only normal super effective against a mon that is legitimately bulky in both sides, like it just it it feels wrong. It feels viscerally wrong that it's not hurting it more it really does and i have to go back and look at my face because i don't remember making a face yeah that <laughs> it was a how can i describe this indignant confusion yeah <laughs> and it didn't help that i had forgotten those berries because i i felt at that moment like I, i'm losing my starter to this i just am I think we all had that emotion cross our, our our hearts and our minds during that fight because, yeah, it was a scary one for all of us, definitely. Of course, we're not the only ones playing, and actually that's one of the reasons that we brought you on this week, Rohane, is you're playing along with us this at, uh, this season. But, but I understand that it didn't go as great as you had hoped this week. So, Rohane, how did your, game, your Nuzlocke gameplay go this week? Yeah, so I did play this week. I had actually, due to some unfortunate personal news that we had received, I recorded my episode and I was going to post it on Twitch. Um, so live host it. Uh, Twitch has that feature. Um, but things happened, which just caused me to not end up posting it and, and I'll go into that. So uh, a couple of things to note. One, Brendan is an asshole. Two, Emerald is, without a doubt, my favorite version of Pokemon because it's the game that I've completed from start to finish. Completed the Pokedex. Everything that I could do on Emerald, I have done it to its maximum. So Emerald holds a special place in my heart. Skipping over all of the beginning bullshit, uh, I'll just go straight into what I had caught and where. And I was really happy about some of the some of the stuff that happened, and and then, so I started out uh, with Torchic, 
And at Torchic, I had named Fireball, after my favorite drink. I love Torchic. I know it's not the easiest start. In fact, it is arguably the hardest starter Pokemon, especially going straight into Roxanne. But Torchic is always fun, especially when it levels up into, into Combusken. And then going back in order of root numbers, the things that I picked up, I picked up amazingly on Route 103, a Zigzagoon, which, if you know anything about Emerald, only has like a 10% chance of being caught on Route 103, so I was very hyped about that. Um, the other encounters that I ran into uh, on Route 103, I managed to pick up a Wingle. And that was pretty insane, although with the new rules uh, about the you no know, super effective moves, I was like, eh, don't know how I'm going to feel about this going into this gym. But this gym, as Jolly mentioned, is rock as opposed to ground. So it's like, eh. Some other friends that I managed to pick up, I managed to pick up a low tad off in the Route 102, and in Petalburg Woods, I had picked up a Talo. That was my team, my team of five that I had. Very exciting. Um, and I was grinding up, and I was making my way out to, to Roxanne, and I had taken a break, and when I took my break, I was about ready to go into the fight with Roxanne. When I came back from my break, because I had paused the recording and, and uh, shut down the game, my save file corrupted. So, not too thrilled about that. And kind of frustrating, especially getting two, two water types so early. <laughs> so, yeah. But... Other than it's it's okay because we're going to redo that. Uh, if you are listening to this, I will have already uh, streamed, and we're going to be doing this drunken style. So that will be happening later tonight. So yeah, stay tuned. We get to do this all over again. Awesome. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry that you had such an up and down week, Rohan, but that'll be a lot of fun um, to watch you uh, do your week one gameplay. Now just. Remember, because you weren't with us last series, so maybe this wasn't clear, and I just want to make sure that it is, because I'd hate to have you make things harder for yourself than you have to. Not using super effective moves against gym leaders, that's an optional rule. That's something you can opt into for additional points. But you don't have to do that. In fact, I... I, I really can't stress this enough. In Emerald, I don't intend to do that ever, because these gyms are fucking hard, hard boys. Um, but just... Bear that in mind to treat that with the appropriate level of, of seriousness. Mm -hmm, for sure. And a kind of an advantage here is that I am not going to be doing a, the PvP showdown. So I don't really have to concern myself with point leads. It's not like my head is on the line with a Bidoof hat. Yeah, absolutely. Although now that the Bidoof hat is back to being local, I, I do think that we do still owe our listeners a, a good photograph of that hat atop your mm. uh, atop your dome piece, as it were. I feel like that yeah. is overdue, so we'll have to it set is. that up. 
Well, <laughs> who knows? Maybe maybe I will do a stream with the Bidoof hat on a day that you are not, Jolly. <laughs> I, I'm sure that our listeners and our watchers would love that. Absolutely. I do want to add one thing that I forgot, um, just because I was not thinking about it at the time. I had forgotten to teach uh, my Pokemon certain TMs at the end of the night, just because the uh, gym was so stressful. So I went back when I was doing berry maintenance, and I taught my Mudkip um, Rock Tomb, and my Zigzagoon was uh, Tot Cut, just so we're not going into that with confusion. Cool. Yeah, my my Torchic knows Rock Tomb too. I totally forgot to mention that as well. I think all of our starters do, actually. It made the most sense. I, I just did mine on stream like a good boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know well, if you I special. wanted to give it to Torchic or not, like this early in the game. But you have birds, so fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's valid, and th- there's a lot of validity in saving it in case you get something like a Geodude or an Aeron, um, so they can have it as stab. Like that's way way better than the early rock stab options they get. But yeah, okay. Um, well, that was our weekend in Nuzlocke gameplay, but. We didn't manage to, we didn't all make it out alive, unfortunately. Uh, the Nuzlocke gods demanded their blood price, and unfortunately, Celeste and Rohain were the, the ones among us who had to pay that butcher's bill this week. So, uh, guys, do you want to take a moment? Do you want to say a few words for your fallen friends? Sure. Um, Gray, you were a good, good doggo. I was looking forward to having a decent dark type throughout the early game. And that's not going to happen anymore because I wasn't paying attention and let you attack a angry, angry seed while I was talking to people. I was a very bad Pokemon, and I'm very sorry. Murdered by an acorn tonight mm-hmm. on Fox. <laughs> Please, no, not Fox News. Um, my boys and, and girls, Lotad particularly... It's not right. I feel like it's not right because you didn't even do anything to it, it. Nothing like killed you in the Pokemon world. It was some other universal entity that decided to look down from the heavens and take a ginormous crap on you. So I, I must wave you all adieu, knowing full well that I'm not going to get that ridiculous luck again. Yeah, you oh, well. had pretty much the ideal team since you had Torchic going into that gym fight. I know. Glitchy deaths are the worst deaths. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, Bobbert and Serburb, they welcome you into the eternal realm of missing now with all the other glitches. <laughs> <laughs> they are the missing nose. Bum, bum, bum. All right, guys. Well, that was our weekend gameplay. Now let's check in with our community playing along at home with us. Uh, we have got more people playing along with us right now and telling us about their runs than we have ever had before in the series. So thank you, guys. We are super excited to have you on board, and we're super excited to hear all about your gameplay. Uh, now, firstly, this week brought our first ever email update from friend, listener, and fairy-type gym leader, Flame and Air. Uh, message engine would you do us the honors and read flame's email for us yeah absolutely so flame says 
Hello! Flaming Air here, reporting on my first Nuzlocke run. Week one in the land of water and trumpets went very well. I chose Mudkip as my starter, and I haven't used one before. And I usually pick the grass starter. An apology to whomever reads this for my naming convention of Norse mythology. Mudkip was deemed a year. He accompanied us along as we proceeded to catch a Zigzagoon on Route 101 named Heimdall, a Sea Dot on Route 102 named Yggdrasil, a Winggull on Route 103 named Hugin, and a Talo on Route 104 named Munin. Uh, also, a Slackoff in Petalburg Woods named Bestla? That's the only one I tripped over, and it's the one that's easy, easiest to read. Um... <laughs> Though a lot of caution, through a lot of caution and a little bit of luck, we worked our way to Rustboro City, and after a long time grinding up levels, we managed to defeat Roxanne without losing any of our friends. I'm looking forward to trying to keep up with the show and hopefully continue giving good status updates. Flaming Air. Thank you, Flame. Uh, I am really glad that you decided to play along with us this series and that your week one gameplay has gone well. Uh, I know that you're a very busy guy, but hopefully you'll be able to keep up with the gameplay and make some great friends along your adventure. Uh, I'm really excited because Flame and Air is actually playing the Generation 6 remakes. He's playing, I believe, Omega Ruby. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, I've played them both, so I know some of the ways that they're different, but I'm really excited to see how those differences impact his gameplay versus ours. Now, we also heard once again this week from friend of the show, longtime listener, and shiny new ghost-type gym leader, Trainer Mimic, or Tom Archard. Uh, Celeste, would you do us the honors and read Tom's email for us this week? Sure, Tom says, hey, Blastburn crew. I hope your weeks have been better than mine. I've had a bit of a crappy week both at home and in-game, but I'm still happy. During my playthrough, Kiki Boy and the team were plowing through our competition, and we had a seriously good run, other than losing Bitey Boy early on, but that was just a minor hiccup. Except when we decided to face Roxanne, where I received a total party wipe, forcing me to start over. I was pretty bummed out, but since then I have started again with a Trico, now officially on Team Jolly, I feel pretty confident this time around. My team is as follows. Woody Boy the Trico, Flappy Boy the Wingle, Snarly Boy the Pucciana, and Bug Boy the Wormhole. I definitely intend on getting through this week, so keep an eye on Twitter for updates, listeners. Anyway, I hope your weeks have gone well, and I can't wait to face you all for the Spectral Badge. Gym Leader Mick. Thanks, Tom. I am super glad to have you on Hashtag Team Jolly, and we are looking forward to hearing about your run. I am really sorry that you suffered that total party wipe, dude. That fucking sucks. Uh, but kudos for not letting it get you down and hopping right back on that horse. I'm sure that your persistence is going to be rewarded. Now, this week did, of course, bring our weekly update from community moderator and proud member of Team Messer Engine, Pegasus League Live. Uh, Rohane, actually, he's a, he's a pretty big Rohane fanboy as well, so he'll probably get a pretty big kick out of this. Why don't you go ahead and read our update from Pegasus this week? I would love to. Okay, so Pegasus writes in and says, This is my week one status report. Oh boy, it's Honan. We're doing it. The pacing of this challenge is definitely more relaxing and fun than Series 2. Ain't that the truth, though? Uh, we started this week off by traversing through the first few places in Honan, 
the end goal being Rustboro, where the first gym leader, Roxanne, awaited me. The gameplay up to that point and gym fight went well, but unfortunately, while grinding for Roxanne, I lost my good doggo Bosco, the Puchiana, from a crit from a zigzagoon. Ouch. I didn't fail any of my encounters, so that leaves me with a squad of five at the end of this week. Next week, we'll take on Brawly, who I remember being a real pain in the fucking ass. Phrasing. Uh, I'll fill you in guys <laughs> next week on how that goes. Uh, Pokemon, Alive in the Box, Zero, Week 1 Deaths, P Bosco the Puchiana, Total Deaths, 1. His team is as follows, with Sasuke the Trico at level 15, Korra the Zigzagoon at level 15, Albert the Beautifly at level 15, uh, Vuelo the Talo, hey, I see what you did there, at level 15, and Puff the Shroomish. Puff Puff Pass? Um, anyway, extra note. Fuck you for taking my healing away. It didn't affect me that much this week, but I have a feeling it's going to lead to my untimely death in the future. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we never mandated that you use our rule set. You did that, motherfucker. You did this to yourself. Um... <laughs> But thank you, Pegasus. I am glad that you had a good week, sir, and I'm sorry that you lost your good, good doggo. It seems like there is entirely too much pupper death going around this week, but we are really glad to have you on board and playing along for this series. Your pupper's next, Jolly. My pupper will not be next. My pupper will live for fucking ever. You shut your mouth. Your, They're all doomed. Your pupper's gonna, your pupper's gonna get it. I would be surprised if my pupper's not in the bank at the end of this week but that's neither here nor there we're we're on this week um <laughs> now nextly this week did bring another message and so apparently our good boy cameron has felt slighted that i haven't given him a worthy introduction on the show so this email comes from beautiful boy best friend of the show and of my heart our fiery spicy boy gym leader cameron johns <laughs> thank you dude that intro. Thank you for your email, Cameron. I will go ahead and read Cameron's update this week. He writes, Hello, Jolly Mess and Celeste. While this has been a horrible week for me in my personal life, the Esports Club and the Pokemon group are chugging along and doing very well. We did not advance in the gameplay, except to meet the level cap that was set, but we did have our PvP battles against each other. To recap, though, here are our teams. So currently, Cameron has a team consisting of Peter the Rallet, Mr. or Mount Tumnus, the Picky Peck, uh, Lucy the Wingle, and Susan the Drowsy. Uh, one of his competitors, Jamie, has a team consisting of Lit Boy the Litten, Armstrong the Makuhita, and Zappa the Magnemite. And his other competitor, Mike, has a team consisting of Poppers the Poplio, Firebeak the Picky Peck, Tear Gas the Ghastly, and Ant Eater the Drowsy. Uh, the first battle was between me and Jamie. I anticipated him bringing out his Litten first, so I sent in Lucy the Wingle. He instead chose his Magnemite to send in, who proceeded to annihilate poor Lucy. After that, it was pretty easy going for me, only losing Susan my Drowsy to a crit ember. The next battle was Jamie and Mike, which I was not present for. From what I understand, it came down to Poplio and Makuhita, with Poplio coming out the winner, and therefore winning the match for Mike. 
The last battle was between Mike and myself. Luckily, I was able to predict him sending out Picky Peck first, and Lucy the Wingle proceeded to destroy it. Peter and Lucy both ended up fainting, with Susan and Mr. Tumnus both losing good portions of health, but I came out with the win. As the standings go, since we're so early, it came down to the PvP, so I am in the lead, and then it's Mike and then Jamie. But nobody is even close to being secure, since we still have over three and a half islands to explore. Yours in Alola, and forever hyping up Sinnoh, Cameron. Firstly, shout out to you, Cameron, for the uh, Narnia-themed Pokemon. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Jesus Lions. I just, I like Mount Tumnus. That's about as far as I can go. <laughs> the, I think that what's funny about it is that I, I, when I was a kid, I read like all the Narnia books several times, and I've seen all the movies. And every time we get the the weekly letter from Cameron and he says things like Lucy, you know, fainted or got beat up. All I can think of is that poor little English girl from the movie. Just getting the <laughs> shit kicked out of her. Just, just getting pecked like, to death oh, by a fucking oh picky peck. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks, Cameron. I am genuinely sorry for what you're going through, sir. You were kind enough to share a little of what you have going on with us and just know that we're with you in spirit. Uh, our hearts go out to you in this difficult time. And I can't express how much I appreciate that you're able to find some solace and joy in, in gaming in general and in Pokemon and in our show. Like it, it means a lot. And yeah, if there's anything that we can do, please just let us know. Yeah, please do. Um, now, lastly, good friend of the show and newly crowned ice type gym leader, penguin mage has been, Around our community for a very long time, that the name should be familiar to most longtime listeners, but she is writing into us today to update us on her gameplay for the very first time. So thank you, Penguin. We really appreciate it. Uh, Messer Engine, would you do us the honors and read Penguin's email? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So she says, okay, firstly, hi, hello. I really want to play along all the way through this time, and I stayed caught up this week, so so far, so good. I love all the Hoenn starters, but since I'm playing along with my boyfriend, sorta, he was kind of lazy this week, I wanted to pick a different starter than he did. So he picked first and got a little boy Trico named Spicy, and I picked the cute baby chicken Torchic and named her Pyra. I approve, Penguin. I approve. Uh, Grinding and catching encounters was all good until I got my sweet baby freshly caught Zigzagoon Nia killed by not paying attention. I didn't hardbow the gym, and I had one death this week. My team is Pyra, the Torchic, Wolfric, the Dustox, Rex, the Pochiana, Rock, the Talo, and Agate, the Shroomish. I don't know where the boyfriend is. Maybe I'll have an update on him next time. Penguin Mage. Thank you, Penguin. I am super sorry that you lost your sweet baby trash panda, Nia. That is really unfortunate. Pickup is super duper useful. Um, I am really glad that you're playing along for this series. And holy shit, your early route encounters were fucking amazing. So congratulations for that. Like, that is a damn near perfect week one Hoenn team. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. That's shroomish, though. That's shroomish, though. Um, all right, guys. So if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation and you're playing along with us at home, like... 
Tom or Cameron or Penguin or any of the great folks that we've had write in this week. Uh, we want to hear about it from you too. Uh, I'm not sure how many more emails we can cram into this segment, but God damn it, we're going to try. So send them in. Uh, be sure to get at us through email or social media and just let us know all about how your Nuzlocke run is going so that all of us who are a part of this community can experience all the best and worst parts of your run right along with you. You're going to have to start talking faster if you want to fit more emails. Jesus in. Christ. And actually, <laughs> actually, I almost forgot. That's not the last thing we have to cover in this part of the show, guys, because we also got a shiny new iTunes review this week. Um, we got a, oh, yeah, we got another iTunes review and this one comes from Pegasus. So thank you, Pegasus. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Pegasus writes, uh, five star review. Of course, of course, we're fucking amazing. Was there any doubt? Um, <laughs> five star review says this is an amazing show i have been listening and tuning into streams since season two and it's been the time of my life i'm using my friend's apple account to finally leave you the five star review that i owe you i love this podcast and would recommend it to anyone thank you for the content you create uh, so thank you pegasus like that means a whole whole lot both that you took the time to review the show and just that you enjoy it so much like that's that's why we do what we do so thank you um and just quick aside guys i know that i've been harping for the last couple of weeks just kind of like with the hat out begging you guys for your itunes ratings and, and reviews that is way more important now than it has ever been before because itunes are shitheads and they changed their search algorithm this week and it fucking buried us we don't even come up in the search results for pokemon anymore because they put like big general nerd culture shows like rooster teeth way ahead of us which i have feelings about but that's not really relevant here or there um it has never been more important for us to capture a new audience for itunes to be able to see that we have an existing audience so we really need your help for that if you could take five minutes to go on to itunes even if they're not your normal podcatcher of choice like they have like the nice desktop app they're pretty easy to access if you could just leave us a review and or a rating it would mean mountains so thank you for that yeah please do it please please it's all we've ever wanted well no it's not but we want it a lot <laughs> can can i have another review sir <laughs> all right guys well that was our week in gameplay so the only thing left for us to do this week is of course to pit our teams against each other in deadly combat to see who is the very best it is time for our pvp showdown now, coming into tonight's showdown, our defending champion had a great points week, coming in with 50 big points after pulling off his hard mode victory against Roxanne. Uh, I myself, Jolly by Nature, and coming in in second, down beneath Messer Engine by 15 points with a total of 35, and Celeste is bringing up the rear with 15 points with that one death that she suffered co costing her dearly. Uh, now, this week's PvP showdown should be extra interesting and exciting, uh, as this is the very first time in Blastburn Radio history that we will be competing in doubles battles in our PvP showdown. Now, as this is week one of PvP, the defending champion of last series must defend the stick first, so that will be you, Messer Engine. Who will you be facing in our very first pvp showdown of series three jolly by nature i choose you oh yeah all right guys well let's go ahead and jump into it so here we go 
Alright, in the Sapphire corner we have Mezerengine leading out with Cerberus, his Puchiana, and Tanuki, his Zigzagoon. Do remember that we only have four Pokemon each due to the Champions rule that Mezerengine added, as well as we're doing doubles this week, so it'll make an interesting match. In the Emerald corner we have Jolly leading with Birdie, his Taillow, and McDonald, his Trico. Are you two ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, you two, baby, again. This is going to be dope. Birdie starts out using Wing Attack, hitting Cerberus for 48% of its health. McDonald uses Bullet Seed, hitting Cerberus for 10% of its health twice. Cerberus eats an Oran Berry to heal up. Tanuki then uses Headbutt, hitting McDonald for 33% of its health. And Cerberus uses Bite, hitting McDonald for 25% of its health. And then McDonald uses an Oran Berry to recover. McDonald uses Quick Attack, hitting Cerberus for 20% of its health. Oof. And then Birdie uses Wing Attack, hitting Cerberus for 35, or 35% of its health, causing it to faint. Ares comes out for Mezzer Engine. And Tanuki uses Headbutt, hitting McDonald for 30% of its health. Birdie uses Wing Attack, hitting Ares for 39% of its health. The opposing McDonald uses Rock Tomb, hitting Ares for 43% of its health. Being super effective, Ares uses Speed Falls, and Ares eats an Orange Berry, healing its health up. Tanuki uses Headbutt, which is a critical hit, hitting McDonald for 35% of its health. McDonald faints, and Jolly sends out Hamburglar, his Zigzagoon. Ares uses Ember, hitting Hamburglar for 34% of its health. This is getting pretty intense. So Birdie starts out this turn using Wing Attack, hitting Tanuki for 50% of its health. Tanuki then eats an Orange Berry, healing itself. Then Hamburglar responds with a Headbutt, hitting Ares for 29% of its health. And then Tanuki uses Headbutt, hitting back for 43% of Birdie's health. Ares then uses Rock Tomb, which is super effective and a critical hit versus Birdie for 56% of its health. And Birdie faints. I think not doubling into Ares may have just cost me this match. Crook comes out for Jolly. I don't know, though. Ares is kind of looking wobbly there with its 13% health. And it's lowered speed. Hamburglar finishes off Ares with a headbutt. Janice comes out for Mezzer Engine. His Dust Tox. Tanuki uses headbutt hitting Hamburglar for 34% of its health. Hamburglar then eats its berry, healing itself. And Crook uses bite hitting Tanuki for 26% of its health. Tanuki and Hamburglar are pretty much neck and neck right now. Yep. Tanuki's just a little bit behind. Janice uses Confusion, hitting Hamburglar for 21% of its health. And Hamburglar hits back with a headbutt on Tanuki, causing it to flinch. That flinch. Yep, it also does 34% of its health. And then Crook uses Bite, finishing off Tanuki. It's now just Janice by itself versus two. Janice uses Confusion again, knocking Hamburglar down to 15% health. And then Hamburglar hits Janice for 22% of its health, and Crook hits Janice for 15% of its health. I don't know, Janice might have a chance. Janice finishes off Hamburglar, and then Crook uses Bite, hitting Janice down to uh, 15% of its health, then Janice eats an Orange Berry, healing itself back up. Janice is at 69% health, and Crook is at full health. The last two. Janice uses Gust, hitting Crook for 20% of its health, and Crook uses, uses Bite, hitting Janice for 15% of its health. The two Pokemon staring each other down. Janice uses Gust, hitting Crook for 17% health, and Crook uses Hal, raising its attack, anticipating the long game to hit harder. Oof. Janice uses Gust, hitting Crook for 20% of its health, Crook uses a berry to heal itself, 
And then Crook uses Tackle, hitting Janice down for 15% of its health. Janice is now at 38% health. Crook is at 65% health. Now then as a note here, Howl only increases normal type moves. It doesn't do... It doesn't increase moves like Bite, correct? Well, Howl increases physical attack. So it would not increase Bite because Bite is a special move, but it has nothing to do with the typing of the move. Gotcha. Janice uses Gust, hitting Crook for 20% health, and then Crook bites back for 15% of Janice's health. Janice has a chance! Janice hits Crook with Gust for 23% of its health, and Crook uses Bite, hitting Janice for 15% of its health again. Janice is at 7% health, and Crook is at 21% health. It all comes down to this. Oh! Janice finishes off Crook with a Gust. Holy shit! I was really hoping for a better return out of that, Hal. I would, I would have won without it. Good game, Mess. Good game. All right. Well, that that is that. That means that Messer Engine is taking home the first big 30 points on PvP for the series. And that also means that he gets to defend the stick. So that means that, Celeste, you are up next to face the beast. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Um, well, as always, in the... God, now I'm having trouble remembering colors. The ah. Rohan curse is real. <laughs> in the ruby corner, we do have Celeste Lost coming in, leading out strong with her starter, Gustav the Mudkip, and Amelia, her Zigzagoon. In the Sapphire corner, we have Messer Engine once again, leading with that good, strong combo of Tanuki the Zigzagoon and Cerberus the Poochiena. Uh Lady, gentlemen, are you ready? Yep. Yep. Okay, you may begin. I just want to interject in here and comment that in the Pokemon Showdown, their colors are right there. You have no excuse. That's not a coordinated thing, though. I mean, it still counts. Ooh, and Amelia, the Zigzagoon, leading out with a growl, trying to play the long game and lower the attack on Tanuki, uh, which actually, at growl and double battles, affects both competitors. Uh, so that's a solid play. Um, Messer Engine having Tanuki use Headbutt on Gustav, dealing 17%. Uh, Cerberus, the Poochiana going into Bite, also on Gustav for 30%, and Gustav flinched. So very solid play for Master Engine. And Amelia going in for the headbutt against Cerberus, Messer Engine's uh, Poochiana, dealing 33% health. Uh, Tanuki, Messer Engine's Zigzagoon goes for the growl, matching the stat drop imposed by Celeste. Uh, Cerberus goes back to the bite on Gustav, dealing another 30% damage. Uh, Gustav eats its Orin Berry, and after the damage and the berry is at 48% health. Uh, Gustav uses Mud Slap, dealing 12, not quite 13%, to Cerberus, and also dropping its accuracy. And Amelia goes back to the headbutt against Cerberus, dealing 23%, and Cerberus eats its Orin Berry, uh, restoring health. Uh, Tanuki uses Headbutt against Gustav, dealing 17.5%. Uh, Cerberus uses Bite, but misses Gustav, that accuracy drop, paying dividends. And Gustav goes into Water Gun, dealing almost half health to Cerberus. Cerberus is in the red at 18%. I, at 8%. 8%. 8 numbers, numbers and things and stuff. It's okay. We work in pharmacy. We only need to know how to count to five. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and Amelia the Zigzagoon goes back to the headbutt on Cerberus, and that is enough to bring the dog down. 
you can't keep a good dog down. But it's okay. Oh, what? I clicked the wrong thing. Oh, and no. t- Tanuki, the Zigzagoon, uh, also uses headbutt. This time it gets Gustav dealing 17.5%. Uh, Gustav uses mud slap, but accidentally <laughs> uses it against his own partner, Amelia the Zigzagoon. So deals 10% to his to her own Zigzagoon and lowers its accuracy. Oh, uh, jeez. Oh, man. Clicked on the wrong Zigzagoon. I mean, they're both trash pandas. It's okay. can't believe I did that. Okay, and Janice goes into the confusion, which is enough to take Gustav out. Uh, Celeste bringing in Liza the Beautifly to replace. Uh, Amelia goes into Headbutt, dealing 15.5% damage uh, to Janice, the Dustox. Uh, Tanuki uses Headbutt on the newly entered Beautifly, dealing 19.5% damage. Okay, and Tanuki the Zigzagoon coming back out in favor of Ares the Torchic. Uh, Liza uses Gust against Janus the Dustox, which is super effective, dealing 44.5% damage. Uh, Janus does eat its berry at the end of that attack. Uh, Janus the Dustox uses Confusion against the Beautifly. It's a Bug v. Bug Brawl, dealing 13%. And Amelia the Zigzagoon uses Sand Attack, lowering the accuracy of the Dustox. That accidental mudslap might have lost me the game. We'll see, though. Okay, and Liza the Beautifly coming back in favor of Barbara the Wingle. Janus the Dustox also coming back out in favor of... Tanuki the Zigzagoon. Amelia uses Sand Attack uh, against Ares the Torchic, which does drop its accuracy. Ares uses Rock Tomb, anticipating the possibility of the switch, dealing 75% of the Wingle's health on the switch. It does eat its Orenberry, which brings it back up to half health exactly. It also lowers its speed. Just goes to show bringing more interesting dynamics with doubles. Okay, and Amelia, the Zigzagoon going back into the headbutt, dealing 22% to Ares. Tanuki, the opposing Zigzagoon, also going back into headbutt, dealing 45% to Barbara the Wingle, taking it down into the red. Uh, Barbara uses Water Gun, which is, of course, super effective against the Fire-type. Torchic, dealing 44% of its health. It does eat its Orenberry after receiving that damage, which brings it back up to 59%. It does flinch from the headbutt, and the Torchic does not get to attack this round. Okay, and Ares the Torchic coming back out in favor of Janus the Dustox. It eats a headbutt on the switch, taking 26% of its health. Uh, Tanuki, the Messer Engine's Zigzagoon, also goes into headbutts on Barbara the Wingle, which is enough to bring it down. Liza the Beautifly coming back out for Celeste the Lost. These are her final two Pokemon. There will be no further switches. And Janus the Dustox coming back out for Messer Engine in favor of Ares the Torchic, but Ares switches into a critical gust from Liza the Beautifly, which is enough to bring Messer Engine's starter down as well, which is clutch uh, for Celeste. Uh, Amelia, the Zigzagoon, uses Sand Attack against Tanuki, uh, which is doubly effective in that it can no longer switch to remove that accuracy drop. Uh, Tanuki does use Headbutt against the Beautifly, which deals 26%. Uh, Beautifly eats its Orenberry and is back up to 64% health. 
As things stand, Beautifly is at 64. Uh, Amelia Celeste's Zigzagoon is at 90% with lowered attack and accuracy. Tanuki Messer Engine Zigzagoon is at 74% with lowered accuracy. And Janus the Dust Ox is at 63%. So very much neck and neck at this point. Lies of the Beautifly does go first and gets off a gust against Janus, uh, dealing 53% of his health, leaving him in the red at 9%. Janus uses Harden, trying to play the long game, probably not anticipating that big, big hit. Uh, Amelia goes back to the sand attack, dropping Tanuki's accuracy further. Tanuki goes back to the headbutt, dealing another 28% damage to the Beautifly. And Liza goes back to the gust against Janus, the Dust Ox, which is enough to take it out. Uh, Amelia Celeste's Zigzagoon attempts to headbutt. However, it misses. And Tanuki Messer Engine's Zigzagoon, having none of that, uses headbutt successfully for another 28% of the Beautifly's health. Liza the Beautifly goes to absorb, dealing 13% damage to Tanuki, uh, Messer Engine's last remaining Pokemon, also healing just a little bit back up to 14% health. Um, Amelia Celeste's Zigzagoon uses Headbutt for 26% and triggering Tanuki's Berry, bringing it back up to 61%. Tanuki attempts to Headbutt himself, but misses. Herself, excuse me. These are girl Zigzagoons. Lies of the Beautifly goes back to Absorb, dealing another 13% and recovering a little bit back up to 20. Uh, both Zigzagoons miss on the headbutt. Oh! Liza the Beautifly goes back to the gust, dealing 42%, and Amelia finishes off with headbutt. Celeste the Lost has won our second PvP match of the evening. Uh, good game, guys. Good game, man. Good game, Celeste. That was a very solid game. The crit on the Torchic sealed my fate. Yes, it Up did. until that point, I was going to crush you, and that turned it all around. Holy shit. I'm glad I decided to bring Liza, though, for that. That beautiful, as much shit as you talked when you caught that Silcoon, god damn it, that beautifly was big for you. Yeah, she hits a lot harder than I thought she would. I guess they should expect that of a third form Pokemon. Liza puts in work. Especially These so bugs early. are not going to stay real, real good, but they're real, real good right now. Yep. All right. Well, that means that, Celeste, it is going to be you and I uh, duking it out for the last 30 PvP points available on the week. Uh, Messer Engine, are you ready, sir? I am. Let's see uh, if you can tie the week up, Jolly. All right. Starting in the Ruby corner is Celeste Lots with Barbara, her Wingull, and Amelia, her Zigzagoon. Uh, ready to take on Jolly by Nature in the Emerald Corner with Birdie, that good old McDonald's mascot, Kalo, and Ronald McDonald himself, the Trico. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. All right, you may begin. Let's go. Bird versus bird. Yeah, they're just, look, it's like freaking West Side Story up in here. <laughs> they're about to do some, some dancing, some singing. And some knifing. Every season we have a verb that makes the memes. Which verb will it be for season three? Barbara opens up with a wing attack on Ronald McDonald. That Trico uh, knocks it down far and triggers the Orenberry. After recovery, it's at 65%. However, 
Uh, not to be outdone, Birdie uses focus energy to get pumped. Uh, McDonald lets loose a five-hit bullet seed, uh, dealing 50% damage. It causes Barbara to eat its orange berry, and it is recovered up to 75%. Amelia takes up the rear with a headbutt, uh, knocking McDonald down to 31% of itself. That five hit, though. Jolly switches out McDonald uh, and brings out the Hamburglar. Uh, Birdie, holy crap, Birdie with the critical hit wing attack drops Barbara the Wingull. Celeste sends out Gustave as a replacement and Amelia sand attacks Birdie. Bringing its accuracy down. Birdie ain't having that. Another wing attack from Birdie is critical and drops Amelia. So, holy crap, so much going on. Uh, Hamburglar goes ahead uh, and headbutts Liza the Beautifly, who just came out for Celeste Lost, dropping it to 72%. Gustav uses that Rock Tomb. Uh, it's super effective, and the opposing birdie uh, is brought down low. The Orenberry triggers, and it is back up to 66%. Also, birdie speed fell with that Rock Tomb. Thank you, Rohe. Absolutely. Okay, we open up this turn with a gust from uh, Liza on the opposing birdie. Hamburg Burglar uses Headbutt uh, to bring Gustav down 30%. It's at 70% now. Gustav uses Rock Tomb on birdie and drops birdie. And out comes McDonald for Jolly. That, that little bit of accuracy reduction probably saved one of Celeste's mons. Most likely, but it certainly did not save Ronald McDonald. He got gusted and he goes down. Hamburglar with the headbutt to Gustav does damage, causes that Orenberry to pop. It is back at 70%. And then we saw a rock tomb from Gustav on Bernice. Uh, the Dust Ox, it is at 71%, but no speed reduction. Can I just point out how doofy looking Bernice is? Like, the Dust Ox sprite is so derpy. <laughs> okay, Liza opens up with Gust again. Uh, it's super effective against Bernice, bringing it down to 49%. A uh, Hamburglar with the headbutt uh, goes to Liza dropping it down to 35%. We have Bernice using Gust, which is also super effective on Liza. Sorry, collectively that damage has brought Liza down to 35%. Apologies. And Gustav uses Water Gun on the opposing Bernice, bringing it down to 14.9%. In turn 7, we are starting off with Liza using Gust. It's used on Bernice. It's super effective, causing Bernice to faint. The opposing Hamburglar utilizes Headbutt. Liza lost 28.3% of its health, going down to just tiny little 7%. Gustav uses Rock Tomb on Hamburglar, bringing Hamburglar down to 66% with a reduction in speed. Turn 8 opens up with Liza and Gustav shooting some damage over to Hamburglar. Liza uses Gust, and Gustav uses Mud Slap bringing Hamburglar down to 14%. Hamburglar uses Headbutt. It's a critical hit. Liza fainted, 
but Gustav finishes it off with a water gun and drops the Hamburglar. So the winner is Celeste Loss. She's the big winner on the week, collecting 60 big points to make up for that loss. Good doggo. I feel much better now. Great job, Celeste. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I yeah, like so, um, all right, that, that is our week in PvP, and that is definitely enough to shake up our leaderboard, at least just a little bit, Celeste making up for that unfortunate death on the week and putting herself way back into contention. Um, so that is going to leave uh, Messer Engine, our Series 1 champion, still on top, having picked up 30 big PvP points on the week, bringing his total score up to 80. However, Celeste is now nipping right on his heels, having picked up 60 points in pvp bringing her total up to 75 within five points of the lead position uh, that is going to put myself jolly by nature solidly in third place going into week two with a score of 30 earning that doof hat that is or a 35 yeah 35. Am, I am i at 35 i am at 35 gyms are worth 35 i am at 35 these are new points values guys it's gonna take us a minute <laughs> and you got that rival battle to look forward to. I do ha- I do have an extra rival battle yeah. this week. That's true and that is potentially impactful. So, we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that was that was our week 1 challenge. That was our week 1 gameplay. So, now it is of course that time in the show where we like to look forward to the next week in gameplay and what we can expect in our week 2 streams. Um so this week our hosts will be heading east from Rustboro City through Route 116 and to Rusturf Tunnel where we will confront the evil team and rescue the Devon Parts and Mr. Briny's poor Pico. We will meet Mr. Stone, the powerful head of the Devon Corporation, and we will agree to his fetch quest where we will deliver a letter for him to his son, Stephen Stone, near Duford Town. We will backtrack through the Petalburg Woods to find Mr. Briney at home at his cottage and ask him for a ride to Duford Town in his fancy boat. Uh, and then lastly, we will explore Duford, take on Brawley in the Duford Town gym, and plunge the depths of the Granite Cave near Duford to find Stephen and deliver his letter, though not necessarily in that order. Every time you say Duford, I think you're saying Duf. <laughs> Duford. Duford. So- so how are we feeling going into week two, guys? I feel great. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I mean, still, still in first. You're in last. Celeste got sixty big points. It sounds like a great week. I have to say, I find it super duper ironic that after talking endless amounts of shit about the fucking bugs that she was forced to capture, uh, Celeste rode those bugs to victory like hard, not even just a little bit. The bug that you were the most upset to catch, the one that you did not want to use at all, is easily your your week one MVP. So I feel like maybe some apologies are in order. I do owe Eliza some apologies because that her stats plus that that uh, flying stab is just ridiculous. Oh god, really? that gust. I'm gonna be having nightmares about that Chris crit gust on Ares like <laughs> all night. That was a game changer. It was a game changer. I was like, good, I've outplayed for the first couple turns. I'm at a Pokemon advantage. I'm gonna come in and burn that bug to the ground. Bug was oh, not fuck. having any of it. So yeah, <laughs> it was probably like shit, fire. Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> blow it out, blow it out. Oh, but good good game. Doubles was interesting. I really like the doubles format. I love how support moves are actually very important in this. Like, Growl, you'd never think of being that great, but in doubles, it's very impactful. Yeah, I, 
I have mixed feelings on doubles, primarily just because we're an audio format and it makes everything way, way more hectic and hard to keep track of. Um, and so I, I don't know that I love the doubles format for our show, but it's definitely like a really fun and interesting, like, like meta, like a really fun and interesting way to battle. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it for Blastburn Radio, but we've only got a couple of them. It'll be fun. It'll be fine. Yep. All right. Well, that was our our week. That was our show this week. So, of course, we do always want to let you listeners uh, at home know when and where you can find us live and streaming on Twitch so you can catch that beautiful bean footage. I mean, our, our gameplay, our Pokemon gameplay. This has nothing to do with beans. Please disregard. Um <laughs> We're not in Gen 7 yet. <laughs> <laughs> no beans were hurt by the making of this podcast. I, I cannot promise that. <laughs> um, now, generally, Messer Engine, you are the first of our hosts up to stream. Is that going to hold true this week as well? Yeah, it is. I'll be on Sunday the 25th, but I'm going to be on a little bit later. This week is my monthly tabletop game, so I will probably be on... At 7, I might be on at 6.30 if everybody uh, hustles out on time. But either way, social media will let you know. Keep an eye on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Engine between 6.30 and 7 o'clock Eastern. And you will see some great gameplay as we go to take on Brawly uh, with that big bulky dust ox that we have awesome thank you mess uh now generally i stream second and that will hold true this week as well i will be on the same bat time same bat network uh i will be streaming live on tuesday evening 9 p.m eastern at twitch.tv slash jolly by nature um if a second night of streaming is needed which i don't think our gameplay this week is going to require to we're not going a whole lot of places uh but but if a second night is needed it will be friday night and even if there is no additional nuzlocke gameplay we'll probably do some showdown friday so come out either way it's going to be a lot of fun uh once again 9 p.m eastern twitch.tv slash jolly by nature uh now celeste that leaves you hun when can our listeners expect to find you live on twitch this week I'll be streaming on both days, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If I finish my Pokemon stream for the week on Wednesday, it'll be something else on Thursday. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash Lost. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Celeste. Now, Rohan, buddy, I know that your life has been very, very hectic as of late. Um, <laughs> so it, it, I don't know if this is something that you have planned out this far in advance, but are you planning on doing any streaming this week? And do you know when that might mm-hmm. be? Yes, I am planning on doing some streaming. In fact, it's going to be, well, you guys won't, listening will have missed it, but it will be tonight after this podcast. Um, I'm going to be redoing my week one gameplay. Um, Moving forward, it'll likely either be on Wednesdays or Saturday evenings. Um, However, as a note, I probably will not be streaming on March the 10th, as that is moving day. So I probably won't have my computer set back up. Uh, but yeah, come come join me. There will be drinks involved. Uh, it'll be lots of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Rohan. I'm really, really glad that you're you're doing the stuff again. I, I know that you just didn't yeah. have time for a while. So I'm, I'm glad that you're able to kind of squeeze that in. Um, and just to remind our listeners, where can they find you on Twitch? You can find me on twitch.tv slash Rohane. That is R-O-H-A-N-E. 
Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Uh, now, as always, dear, sweet, gentle listeners, uh, we want to hear from you. We want your emails, uh, whether you're playing along with us at home, whether you're doing your own super dope challenge run that you just want to talk about and tell us how shit we are compared to you. I believe it personally. I just got my ass kicked by a fucking butterfly. So what do I know? Um, or even if you just want to <laughs> twice, twice, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> or even if you just want to give us your, your thoughts and feelings on the show and what we're doing, uh, please send us your emails to Blastburn Radio at gmail.com or tweet the show at Blastburn Radio. We want to hear from you. Um, as always, I do want to thank our hosts for joining us tonight. Uh, Messer Engine, where can our listeners find you, Mythic Portal Games, Power VTT, all the cool shit you are doing online? Where can they find it? Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter personally, uh, at Messer Engine. If you want to check out Mythic Portal Games, you can certainly do that on Twitter or Facebook. On Twitter, we are at Mythic Portal. On Facebook, we are Mythic Portal Games. And if you're interested in the uh, RPG assets that we produce, you can definitely check those out on Power VTT, which is a, a next-gen tabletop where you can get all of our 6,500-plus map and token assets as part of your subscription there. You can check them out at www.poweredvtt.com. Awesome. Thank you, Messer Engine. Uh, now, Celeste, uh, where can our listeners find you and your social media footprint uh, on the internet? Right now, it's just at Twitter, and that's at Celeste Loss, the same as my Twitch stream. Awesome. Thank you, Celeste. Uh, now, Rohane, buddy, it's been a little while since we've reminded our listeners, where can they find you doing cool and nifty shit all over the online spaces? Uh, so that's going to be on my Twitch and also on Twitter, which is uh, at the real Rohane. Awesome. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Rohane. Now, once again, mm -hmm. as always, I have been Jolly by Nature, and you can find me streaming when I am streaming at twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, see what I'm up to, see what I'm doing, uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR Jolly, or just be sure to follow the show on Twitter and or Facebook, and we will keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing. Uh, now, as always, I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co host Messer Engine and Celeste and our special guest Rohane. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. See you next week, folks. See you next week. Goodbye. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy. Check out this and other video game remixes at ocremix.org. Battle and closing music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all of her great tracks at soundcloud.com slash glitchxcity. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her portfolio or contact her for commissions at rachelmondragon.com. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 